name is Galit Friedlander. I've worn many hats in the dance world over the last 15 plus years and have created Dance Speak as a platform for people in the dance industry to share their stories and blueprints for success. So listen up and get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and get personal with the people behind the movements you love. I am sitting here with Sienna Lyons. What's up? Hey. <laughs> Credits include Selena Gomez, J-Lo, Nick Jonas, Fifth Harmony, Jesse J, Jennifer Hudson, Flo Rida. A lot of sexies in there. <laughs> and the way that we know each other is, I think it's safe to say we've been acquaintances through the dance community. Yes. And I get to teach Stretch and Strengthen whenever you're not at ML mm -hmm. and you keep, like, you stay booking things. So <laughs> I get so to stay teaching. So, Whoa. you know, it's like, it's kind of sweet. It's the best. I you want another person, so. Thank you. Of course. I hear. I hear how it goes, you know. Hey. <laughs> I'm going to get some ink <laughs> on my face. I have ink on my hands. <laughs> I'm just going to dive into it. Yeah, let's do it. What's something that most people don't know about you? Hmm. I, I come off, I feel very confident sometimes, but I actually can be very insecure as well. I think I'm good at masking it a lot of the time. That's one. Another one. It's so weird. A lot of people don't know my boyfriend is Lee Daniel either, which is really funny to me because we've been together for almost four years. Mm -hmm. People are like, oh my gosh, you guys are together. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just funny. I think it's because we keep it very private, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we'll post pictures every now and then, but, like, it's not our focus. Oh, most people don't know that I am a quarter African-American. Most people think I'm Latin or Spanish or Middle Eastern. I am a quarter black people. Surprise. And that's all <laughs> I can think. I love it. <laughs> In terms of, I, I really like that you're so blunt with the confidence, because you are so confident. Or I come off, yeah. You come off so confident, and something I've experienced in the dance world is I like I question myself constantly, and it mm -hmm. even hurts to say it because yeah, I feel like we always have to come off as like yeah. we have it all together. Yeah. And then I'll look at someone like Sienna <laughs> and oh. be like, oh, she's so she's so confident. Wow, like why am I not like that? That's silly. I know it's really funny. Most people when they first before. I guess they talk to me. They're like, I was so scared of you. <laughs> and I'm always like, that's so weird. Because I'm not, I never think like to be, I guess, above mm -hmm. anybody. Not that confidence can create that. But sometimes like, mm -hmm. to me, that means I come off as almost like, like grumpy. But like, mm -hmm. which is funny. And then they get to know me and they realize I'm a huge goofball, weirdo, mm -hmm. or awkward at most times. So, so how do you pull your confidence through. Uh, I talk to myself a lot. I think that's key to like trusting yourself and when that little voice, that, that one we don't like, or you could say that devil on your shoulder starts to like, you know, whisper those things in your ears like you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not cool enough, you're not I mean, anything enough, you know. I have to constantly rebuttal with that with that other voice, I guess my friend mm -hmm. in, in me, not my, my enemy in me. So I have to come back with that other voice. So I, I really try to keep that louder than the other voice. And once I start to hear that whisper of that devil, I have to like start to, even if it doesn't feel organic or true yet, I have to almost tell myself, you're fine, you're okay. And I might still have the same feeling, but I think once I start to almost quiet or silent that, that whisper, then it starts to become more of a reality for me. So I'm just always talking to myself. And that could be in my car. Maybe I'm literally talking out loud to myself. I do do that sometimes. It probably looks nuts. 
whatever. Um, but I, I always, and I say that to my students, I say that to my mentees or whatever, I don't like to call them that, but like people I'm helping, I guess. Um, you have to always be talking to yourself mm. as far as like you have to be your first supporter. And I always say even for dancers, like if you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect anybody else to believe in you with that? Because that is usually what gravitates people to um, to not necessarily even like you, but maybe appreciate you or, you know, uh, appreciate your gift. It's because you are confident in your gift that you're sharing, I find. So the more we can tell that to ourselves and then exude that, the more A, it will happen for us, and also that will gravitate more like-minded people to us, or maybe people that we need to help to learn that. So that's what I try to do. I always try to talk talk to myself. That's the most important voice. I like that. Me. It's so interesting because that's been a theme, especially the last few weeks. Okay. That's like a conversation that has happened with different people, but like come to me yeah. about that inner voice. Yes. It's the, it's the most important voice over your mother's over your father's and that's of course I first person I go to it's my mom mm-hmm. whenever I need advice even in the dance world and she is no dancer but I think just from a person who is real and she's super blunt as well mm-hmm. no matter if I'm her daughter or not she's not going to sugarcoat it for me if I'm you're wrong Sienna or you know what no so that would be my my second voice I would listen to but I always try to to stick with me first you have to what do you recommend for dancers that are maybe newer in town, or I've noticed sometimes dancers, it takes a while for them to come out of their shell. Mm-hmm. I know it took me a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any recommendations for them, especially in the audition room? Yeah. Uh, I, I have to say you have to kind of stop, which is so much easier said than done, because I have to constantly check myself, is you can't look left and right all the time at what everybody else is doing and just know that we are all you could be standing next to somebody who has been out here for 10 years and you are not so therefore of course their energy or again their confidence always comes back to that for me is going to be so strong sometimes that that can overpower your feelings period so really trying to stay again with yourself with that inner voice even in class like be there for you it's not for anybody else class is not yeah sure it could book you jobs but it's not where you book the job so take, I think we put, even right now, especially with with the YouTube stuff, there's a blessing and a curse to that. I think it puts unnecessary pressure, even on me, and I've been out here for almost a decade. This whole video thing, you know, again, there is a blessing to that. The blessing for me is that worldwide, globally, people get to see your craft. So people get to see your craft nationwide, which then maybe people wouldn't have been able to see it or know that you can do what you do you know so there's a blessing there but then the curse for me is the the uh, expectation and the pressure that is that comes with the camera you know and it's so weird because it's a little it's a little thing it's the object is so small but yet it it controls our minds at least for me like again 10 years in I still when I get called out if I do into that select group or like do it by yourself why is it that that camera all of a sudden, not even a being or something that has an energy that you can give or give to you. We, we allow it to have that energy over us and then you forget or whatever. So I find you just have to stick in yourself the moment that those nerves start to arise. Um, I think look at it in the face, which sometimes is also a little bit more egotistically hard to accept. So like if you do get called in that group, stand in front. You might mess up. 
And I know we all go home and you beat yourself up if you missed a count or two, which seems like an eternity in your mind, you know? So it's, I think going off of all of that, face it. I think the more you face that shit, um, the more you're like, okay, I hate standing in the front. Why? Because I forget every time. Why? And then keep asking yourself why, or what is the root? Why do you feel this way? And I ask myself that a lot too. And I think for me, it was certain teachers, I was a studio kid on convention, when you would assist them or whatnot, in front of the whole group, they would, if I would mess up, they would like bash me in front of everybody. And I think that secretly stuck with me as far as like the pressure to be perfect. And then of course, when you put that pressure on, that's when your brain loses focus of the steps or whatever you're doing. So I found that that was probably my root as to why I hold this pressure and why I've already almost, before the dance even starts, I'm already saying, I don't remember it. I don't remember the steps. I don't remember the steps. So I'm already setting up my story, I guess, for what's going to happen. And then it does happen. And then I get mad at myself, but then I have to check myself again. That inner voice is like, bitch, you just said, so you just too. said you're going to forget it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to forget it, you know? And my mom always says, whatever you say, you know, you are what you eat yeah. or whatever it is. If you say constantly, oh, I'm, I'm too fat or I'm not good enough, you're exactly right. And I, I say that to my students. I say that to myself, you know, even if we're joking around like, oh, yeah, I, I don't even know what, what, what could it be. Oh, I always, you know, I always get cut from those auditions with heels. You're right. You do. You know, so even saying things like that, I find we have to check that. Is also with class somehow, but the more you check yourself, as in what you're thinking, what you say, it's it's quite shocking. I think, and the moment I realized, I really started to pay attention to everything I said, without thinking, or things I thought about myself. That again, I have I have made this story up for myself. You know, you're like, wow, I'm bash myself all the time. You don't even realize it. So especially in class, I think that's the most important to train your brain. You know, yes, teachers care, but they're just teaching a class. They're just trying to give you information. At the end of the day, the priority shouldn't be to get the choreography right. I want you to mess up in my class. Mm -hmm. I want you to face those fears and those boundaries you have yet to step into because that's the only way you're going to grow. And if you go to a class and you're constantly killing it, I question you and your motives behind taking class and stuff like that. So I say, take the classes that scare the shit out of you, um, stand in the front and mess up, and then come back, and therefore those heebie-jeebies are gone, in my opinion. Or maybe it takes five or six times, maybe it takes three or four, maybe it takes 20, you know? You have to continuously do it to fix it. And again, the more you do it, you're gonna be like, why? Why is this happening? And then you're gonna start pulling back those layers of this is why this is happening. Maybe it is not even dance related. Maybe it had to do with when you were young in school and somebody would make fun of you when you, you know, it could be something like that. So I say, just face it. Face your problems in class. If you like, don't like standing in the front, guess what you gotta do? Stand, Stand in the front. front. I've been doing that forever. Also, because I'm short, so like yeah. I'm done if yeah. I'm done. If you're in the back and Even you're like second row, because uh-huh. spatial awareness seems to be a concept that is lost upon Los Angeles. I said it. I said it. <laughs> and um, I found like if I need to, I tell myself this: if I need to mess up a thousand times to start getting it right, just like feed myself to the sharks. Yeah. Be uncomfortable. Like I said, if you're t- if the teacher makes you feel, uh lowered, impo- uh, not the word empowered, what would it be? 
demeaned, uh, abased. For sure, yeah, demeaned. I like that. If the teacher makes you feel like that, you are in the wrong class. Sorry, what about convention? Mm-hmm. I want to go back to that being bashed in front of the whole uh, group. How is that? Certain okay? people, I, I mean, they're just perfectionists, and I, I even with as messed up as this is, I find with the humiliation held from those situations, I would thank them now, which mm-hmm. is so weird. I would thank them now because I think it it opens your mind to the things that you need to work on. And if people are getting on you for that and that affects you, I clearly need to figure something out within me so that doesn't affect me. And I just take it for what it is mm-hmm. and then I fix it instead of being so like taking everything so deep and everything so to heart. And of course, like this is our... This is our passion. So I never want to mess up and dance. You know what I mean? But, again, you have to kind of be open to it. So I found a lot, you know, like, again, with select teachers, not all. But if, like, to say I was assisting on the stage, yes, it is my job as an assistant to get it right faster than everybody else. I'm the one doing the routine for the teacher. And when you mess up, some would obviously get more mad than others. And some would yell in front of the whole people, which is, you know, everybody, of course, they saw me mess up. It's okay. They'd be like, Sienna messed up, do it for everybody. By yourself. And it's like, okay, that's a little demeaning right there. So that, I think, was what stuck with me. And again, at a young age, you know, you don't have that. You don't know how to listen to that inner voice yet. I think that comes with time and with age and with the more you experience. So, again, that's why I would kind of thank the people now. Because I feel like it kind of, as it hurt me first... I think it it, uh, releases that voice quicker Mm -hmm. so that you can kind of pull yourself out of it a little bit more. I like that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking in my head how funny it is that I chose dance, like, out of all things, Mm -hmm. when I'm so sensitive that I remember having a ballet teacher be like, oh, honey, like, I wasn't getting it right. And she's like, oh, come to the front. And it was, like, the reverence. It was, like, a last, like, few steps. And I was crying so hard, and I may have ran out of the room, and she was being nice to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she wanted I'm to help right. you or something, right? Yeah, she yeah. was being so sweet, though. Yeah. And I'm like... You put that on yourself. Yeah. And then somehow mm-hmm. the teachers that would yell at me, I I was fine with. I was like, oh, that's what they do. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. My ballet teacher would tell me every day I wasn't going to be a dancer. Why do you... Te- why? He was foreign. I'm not saying that that mm-hmm. matters, but he was foreign. Was it maybe in his culture? It was. The, it's the way that, especially in like ballet land, and he oh. is. That's all he has done. Like he now teaches for San Francisco Ballet. Mm. So I found that that's how it works. But again, although he made me cry every day, if I could talk to him now, I'd say thanks. Thank you for that, because not only did you push me to like prove you wrong that I was going to make it in this dance industry. Yeah, I'm not a ballerina. You're damn right about that, and I never will be. But thank you for telling me that because that pissed me off so bad that you would tell me that. Yeah, it would make me cry because I was so mad. But I think that is what made my skin really thick out here because along with, you know, with what he had said is nothing, I think, even spiritually or emotionally of what this industry brings sometimes. And it can be such a punch in the face or a punch or a tear down of your spirit like that was just a test for me or like just to let you know the foundation you need to make sure that foundation is solid because you're about to get slapped a few more times and of course I'm not saying the dance industry is all shit but like it's hard do you mind speaking about an experience sure um hmm what's one I've gotten released from several jobs for no reason which is interesting to me uh you know I'd rather hear you're not good enough you're not pretty enough 
you're not tall enough, you're not short enough, you're not ethnic enough, you're not, you know, I'd, I'd rather hear anything. But things like that, to me, it's like, that's the hardest on the human brain and the human spirit, because we want closure. Mm-hmm. I want closure. I want to know how I can uh, stop that from happening again. But a lot of the politics I find in this industry are very weird. I don't know whether there's no uh, there's no closure. That's the only word I can say. And most of the you know even take it to auditions, you know you're like I killed this so hard. And if you can say that about yourself, that's a big step to me. And then you know you get cut for whatever reason. Oh, I'm not or like you know it could be something as silly as. He went out to dinner with this person last night, so he felt like that is the person that takes your spot. Or maybe it's, I was only looking, you know, it's silly stuff. I was only looking for blondes, and we just tend to like bash, bash, bash. Oh, it's me. Oh, it's me. It's Mm -hmm. usually not. I've definitely had side hustles for a really long time, and then you, you like start to get a lot of work for a period, like seasonal. So then you're like, okay, I'm taking the risk. I'm gonna quit these jobs. And then, you know, it slows down. And I find also, too, that's probably mental for me, being fearful that I'm not going to work anymore, which then happens. Mm. But that has always, that's been hard for me. And that's for sure ego, like having to go back and get another side job. Or like, you know, that's hard for me to accept that that is my ego. And I just, it's just work. It's just money yeah. at that point. And it's not working right now. So I need to go get a job. And I find a lot of dancers which is weird to me like think that is not an option and they're struggling and they're poor and they're broke and you're like about to move home and I'm like well have you looked for a job no I don't want to do that it's like huh you're like you're contradicting yourself what you're saying here so as much as I don't like it I it's always an option to me I'm never going to close that door and I, I have to thank my parents for that because when I moved out here, I was definitely told, you're going to work, 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 work. That is not, 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 not how it happened mm-hmm. at all for me. And that's okay. And I feel like the females, it is, it's a crazy, there's so many, so many girls. So it's, it's very hard. And I came out here with that mentality and then was very soon shown that that wasn't how it was going to be. And yes, I was mad at first, but then you just have to be like, okay, this is what I want to do. So I got to slow my roll. It's going to happen. It will happen. It's just not happening on my time. And of course, days are worse than others where I'm like, F this, this is not happening, whatever. But then you have the days where you come back from that. And I'm like, no, you're fine. Give it patience. You're moving up every single day. Like think about even the the goals you set for yourself when you moved out here, you've met those. Now you're just moving to different levels of that. So I never try to let that hinder me too much. I love that you're talking about side hustles Mm -hmm. because like, Still, like, me and sometimes, like, a homegirl or home dude yeah. mm-hmm. will be on the phone, like, I don't know. I don't know if I should get, if I should go back to that job or mm-hmm. if I should get this. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, energetically, you want to attract more of what you yeah. want. And we have these back and forth, and it's kind of like, ah, I'm searching for a truth in it. And sometimes yeah. I think it's just, there's one side where it's like, you just absolutely got to pay those bills. And another side where you feel like being bold mm-hmm. and saying no to some things mm-hmm. for the yes. All I know is if I am looking three weeks before my rent is due, I'm going to go out and get a job. Mm -hmm. And what I have to remember, I'm not here to do that. So as much as I am a perfectionist and I don't like to let people down, Mm -hmm. I can give that up next week after I make my rent. So I try not to hold that as like forever Mm -hmm. because those jobs are not forever. I have had, let's count, one, two, three, four, maybe seven side hustles out here. 
and that's through a nine you know year period of time that's a lot of jobs to have in nine years I actually think for LA that's low that's low (laughs) I I, you know I try to find work that will you know there's always people that are like I'm like I'm a dancer yeah like oh that's fine and then my, I stretch it too thin, and they're like, you can't do this anymore. And to me, that is my time. Every time I'm like, okay, I don't wanna, I'm not here to do this, so I'm not going to sacrifice my calling mm-hmm. for that. So I just move to another one. Or I'm like, so once I feel like they want, they're ready for me to give more to that side hustle, that's when I have to leave, which might not be right. I don't know. But for me, again, that's how I keep my mentality of like, it, it keeps my spirit sane is like, Yes, I'm going to give my all to this side hustle, but the moment they are asking me for more when I've told them I can't mm-hmm. or I'm not here for this, that's when I know it's not, t- it's not for me anymore. So then I'll maybe quit and maybe that I've had a few situations like that too where they've denied, like if I have to leave for a job for a few weeks, deny my leave. Okay, cool. Fire me. That's fine. I got, I'm not going to... I'm not going to say no to this two-week dance job that I'm here to do. Mm-hmm. Fire me, cool. And then I go to this job, and then maybe I have a, a nice time of work. And then I don't. Then I got to go find another one. Hasn't happened in a year and a half, knock on wood. Yay. I think this is the longest I've gone, which is great. I hope to keep it that way, but this is the first time it's been like this. I'll wow. say that. So it's been a journey. What's shifted for you for this year and a half? What has? I don't know. I find it's just knowing more people. Knowing more people and having more people that you've worked with refer you to others. And that's really how I've realized that you, you create longevity. At least that's how it's worked for me. You know, you create great relationships with the people you work with. And then their friends ask for ref- referrals. And then they say, oh, I have this person. They're great. Um, and this is, I'm more so, for those that don't know, I, I dance for sure. But I live more in like the assistant choreography world. Uh, slowly venturing into choreography. I just started my first, like, I wouldn't... I mean, I've choreographed for artists and such, but my first, like, tour where I am the choreographer, which oh, is congrats. a great first step. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, I, I most of my journey, which I didn't think it was going to be that moving out here, I was set here to dance. But what solely happened was I was put into the choreography teaching world, which was hard. So I find for... For me, in that world, it is all referral because most people are looking for assistance and not even in a bad way, but most people that are looking for assistance don't want to have people who don't know what they're doing already. And that's kind of a double-edged sword to me because, of course, you know, people are like, I want to do this. And of course, just like a dancer, you have to have like that, that first trust, that first sense of trust on a job. And then they start working consistently. You get that one big name on your resume. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason that gains trust. I get it obviously being on the other side like that shows that you know how to work a stage you know how to perform performing in class and performing on stage choreography in class and choreography in stage two are two different things Mm -hmm. so that means you already know how to do that that means you know etiquette in rehearsal that means you know etiquette on the road that means you know etiquette with an artist so you're just you know you're building that trust not only with you but with other people and they want to work with you there so I find that yeah referral is like key so it took me seven and a half years to gain that trust, I guess, and to gain a solid track record, mm. I would say, with the choreographers that I've been blessed to work with. And they either call you back or they pass you on to other choreographers or people. So that's how I think it works. And that's how it's been working for me. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. And you've worked also uh, as a creative director? Assistant. Assistant. Yeah, I'm definitely more in the... I'm not ready at all for that yet. So 
I've uh, assisted people in the creative direction world, which is so interesting. Just the things as a dancer, you don't even realize what your thoughts and your time and your energy have to go into, like lighting or like, you know, screen content or sending the time codes to the light guys, like stuff like that. It's so detailed. Costuming even, like that is a creative director's job. They are literally creatively like creating a show or a number or a piece. So it's it's been such an eye opener. Even on the side of business, I wish I would have paid way more attention in business and marketing for Mm -hmm. just like as far as like Excel charts and uh, making charts in general, stuff like that. Like there's a whole other aspect other than dance moves that is almost bigger to me than the steps of like, you know, your business. How do you carry yourself? What is your etiquette like in rehearsal? How are you around an artist? How are you, how are you around your stagehands? You know, like those, all those things matter. So, you know, it's, I'm very blessed if I, you know, when and if I ever, you know, work as a dancer again, I now have a different appreciation for everything else going on. And I think I, yeah, just different, a different uh, priority list, I guess, to rather than me to like the whole situation or the whole process happening. Again, dancers are like one little sliver of the pie chart yeah. over so many other things that people are worried about. So it's really cool and it just opens your eyes to like be on the other side sometimes. If you have an artist who's maybe a new artist and you're doing like club shows yeah. and you're mm-hmm. talking to lighting and mm-hmm. getting their outfits together and everything, choreographing, does that make you creative director or, you know? Yes, to a certain level. Mm-hmm. But there are just like dancing, you know, you could be dancing in carnival, you're still considered a dancer. And then you could be dancing on America's Got Talent, you know, for a paid job. So I think it's all the same because a dancer that maybe hasn't worked, you're still a dancer. Mm-hmm. So I feel like with an artist, you know, maybe not signed and you're doing that. Yeah, that's like your first step to me. So you're you're preparing for the real jobs, which, you know, the higher you get working on a tour, you know, with a with a signed artist or a TV show that's on NBC or something like that. Like there are just a lot more elements that are going to be involved. So sure. I think they could, I think you can say that, but, um, I feel like, you know, obviously out here, there's such a hard, it's a hard line of like, I don't want to say the word fibbing, but you know, there are people which I love, like, Brian Friedman has said, like, when he started creative directing, he's like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but you just have to say, like, I'll figure it out, or, yeah, I'll do that, you know what I mean? So, there's a fine line for me there. Yeah. And that's, that's the hard part to, it's hard to explain, but I feel like our spirits and our intuition know what's right and what's wrong for that. I think there is a place where you can be like, I'll figure it out, and I'm going to go along with punches, you know? Or, you're just blatantly lying, like... I don't know, like even just getting more, I don't even want to say petty, but like you read on people's Instagrams and their bios, they're singers, they're writers, they're directors, they're dancers, they're pottery makers, they're chefs, they're, it's like all these things. That's awesome. But not only is that, maybe some of that maybe isn't true, maybe you've done it once or maybe you're a model, you know, like it's all this, it's just a huge spectrum of like things that you do. Not only is that confusing to people trying to book chefs because you're so many things, Uh, you might land yourself in a position where you're not ready for it. So I think you just have to be a little more realistic. Like, again, if you have worked with this artist, yeah, you're a creative director, but maybe when somebody calls you about that, let them know the level so they know what to expect. 
to. And, you know, like I said, being confident is one thing, but totally putting yourself in a place you're not ready for or you know nothing about is a whole nother thing. So I don't know if that answers that. It does, because I think there isn't a clear answer. I think yeah. it's a conversation. It's hard. That's all. It and is. it also depends on the person. Some people thrive under pressure and can make that happen. Like, I'm going to keep going to Brian because to me, he like, <laughs> he just does no wrong to me mm-hmm. because he is amazing. He gets everything done and look where his career went. So his, what he said happened and he made it happen. And that to me is a specific person. Like that is a personality trait that, which is okay. Some people don't have that. Some people crumble a little bit under pressure. So it's, again, I think you just have to kind of revert back to yourself and be like, can, am I really ready for this? Um, do I need a little more time before I do this? Even for a dancer, let's take it there. Do I need a few more performances before I start going to auditions? Am I really ready for this? And again, the other side of the spectrum, which I've been there too, is like, I'm fucking broke. Like, I don't care if I'm ready or not. You're offering me this money, I'm gonna take it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I get that. And nobody likes to struggle. Nobody likes to not be able to pay their rent. Nobody likes to not feel comfortable. So like, it's just a, it's a hard spectrum. But I find, again, when you're honest with yourself, it just, it's gonna stop you from making decisions that may ruin this chance for you. Because a lot of in the industry, you get one shot, and maybe you're really lucky if you get two. Again, there are just too many dancers to allow that to kind of pass through the cracks. And some people, yeah, they do. But that's just, that's life. Sometimes, you know, it is what it is, so. Sienna, Mm -hmm. you're (laughs) opening up a dance studio, let's say, hypothetically, and you have a blank slate, right? And let's say you don't know any dance teachers in this Mm -hmm. town that you're in. Mm -hmm. What would you set up to sift through the teachers? Mm -hmm. What would they have to, any requirements? Yes, I talk about this. I would make my teachers take monthly classes as well because I feel like, again, as a teacher, you should never stop being a student. I'm talking to myself even. I mean, sometimes, of course, you get wrapped into work um, or teaching. Take classes on teaching or take classes just as a student? As a student. Mm. Uh, to learn, yes. to be a student again. I think it's important, again, to see both sides, to remember what you felt as a student, as a teacher is teaching you. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to always remember that as a teacher, what you felt or what you would feel like if you were a student in my class, if that makes sense. So I would, the way I already talk about it when I do own a studio, mm-hmm. you're going to have monthly, I would say, class dates where I'm going to bring in other masters and they're going to teach you. Not only will that give you the sense of what being a student is like again, I think it's going to show me your talent level. I also think what's lacking, and I'll get back to it, is versatility in teachers or dancers in general. I think it's, uh, it's also a fear of looking crazy, but uh, I would make them take different styles because not only is that going to make you a better dancer or a better choreographer, your, your, mood, your vocabulary will get bigger. So that's how I would do it. Yes, and I get financially as a studio owner, yeah, you need to make money. You need to pay your teachers. You need to pay your rent. You need to make money yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's the other element I see is like you got to make money. There is, a, there is a line. Again, if I am what I am going back to always right now, and it's kind of my focus is I, I don't understand, you know, and I, I'll give it this too. I give it both sides. Teachers that have like 16 over classes, but then they have kids in their classes and there are cuss words talking about 
the you know the P blank 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 Y or the D blank blank K like mm-hmm. and they're dancing to that I find that is your you're accountable to change that up by the edited version or whatnot yeah they still know what it's saying but like set the example I, I wish that studios would maybe pay attention to that too is like helping our future mm-hmm. um, not allowing that no matter who it is no matter if you have a million followers like hey when there's kids in your class fix that because I don't stand for that Mm-hmm. as a studio so I mean for me yes the teachers are one thing I do always go back to the studios unfortunately and again I see you got to have the following to bring the students to pay your bills but with that I need it to be a little more balanced with a qualified teacher yeah I mean easier said than done but I think there's 100%. a way to have both and the stakes are really high when you have a studio because of this insurance and all the overhead but at the same time it's like as a dancer, for instance, we have to find out where our integrity lies. So there's yeah. certain jobs I now know I won't do. As a teacher, sometimes I get asked to teach things and I'll be like, you know, I'm not qualified in that technique. I'd love to refer someone. Mm-hmm. And so on that next level, as a studio owner, I think that there should be integrity. 100%. Yeah, that's, a, that's hard. But that's what I believe. I wish that there would be a little more uh, research, mm-hmm. I think. I have a friend that owns a studio outside of the States and had somebody send her an email to come teach and sent her, said he choreographed a music video and she hit me up because she doesn't know. She mm-hmm. just like, I know her through, I don't even, I think I've been to her studio with another workshop or whatever. So she always hits me up like about choreographers. She's like, hey, have you heard of so-and-so? He said he has done this, 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 and this. It was the biggest lie. I have never heard of this man. He said he had choreographed for, like, Chris Brown. I think B. Shaw had did this video. So it's my, like, an acquaintance that I know who had did this video. And this guy is sending emails to studios saying he did this work. And he didn't. And I don't think that many studio owners are actually doing what this studio owner did. Was reach out to people she knows would know this. To make sure that it was valid. Because it sure was not. And this person's rate probably was skyrocket and she would have completely lost all of that money to somebody, a fraud, basically. That's so sad. And I find that happens a lot. Even, and this is not to be rude, but if you're an extra on a video, I don't know if you could consider that a credit. Mm. Beg to differ. I'm sure people will will not agree. But I, I hear about that too. Like people put on their resumes, I've danced for Rihanna, Chris Brown, Beyonce. Did you dance or did you book it as an extra? Those are like, that's a totally different spectrum. Not saying you're not in the video. Sure. Yeah. You know, so that's also a hard thing for me to figure out. But you're still, you're still fraud, like to me. That's my opinion. Yeah. That's still a fraud. Like, it's a tough one. Yeah. It's a tough one. At the same time, I do understand when you're, like, trying to get your foot in the door. Yeah. But then I also understand, like, if you danced for J-Lo and went through months of rehearsal to be on a stage show, and then you have that credit, and then someone else is an extra and has that same J-Lo credit, like, that doesn't feel great, and it's not that kind of respectful. Yeah, it's not respectful, I think is the word. Yeah. it's That's a hard one, too. But, yeah, there's just a lot of... But I wish, again, back to research. I think that has to do a lot with it. Check it. And that's for a student, too, with a teacher. Yeah. Do your research. Like, and going into, like, these workshops now where people are charging 
hundreds of dollars, do your research. Can they really benefit you in what you're trying to do? And I'm not saying people that haven't worked don't have valuable things to share. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people that do. But it's like, if they're... If they're saying they can help you book a dance job and they never have themselves, I don't know. I don't know. At that point, to me, that's just he say, she say. You're, you're repeating what you've already heard. That's not an experience you've experienced. I think that has a little more meaning, in my opinion. Again, I know people that train immaculate movers who have not worked. So that's where, again, I'm kind of like, eh, eh, eh. It's, but it's tough. It's tough, and I hope I don't, like, shoot myself in the butt with this, but, like, in the butt. In the <laughs> Love it. Shoot butt myself too. in the butt with it. Butt works too. I want to shoot myself in the toe with it, but I feel like whenever I send out an email for teaching, I know I need to include industry credits, but to me, that's actually, it's like a little, like, drop in the bucket. For me, it's like my training. My training as a teacher. Mm. That's what I'm excited to bring. Mm-hmm. That's what I think they should care about. Mm-hmm. But it's like the credit is going to count more yeah. than... Yeah, it, it does. Just because, again, I think it shows experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but why not my experience teaching at studios? 100%. So, for me, I think studios... <clears throat> this is me just also... I love it. No, she's, Yeah, I love it. <laughs> What I find is the answer, <laughs> you have to title your class different. If you're yeah. training, that's one. If you're trying to be industry, that's another. Yeah. If you're like, if you know you need a lot more work on your craft, take a training class with a teacher that's going to break it down. If you're ready to work, I think that's, I wish that that's what we could do. I think that's easier said than done too. Classes were like, I'm here to train you. I'm here to teach you. Go to that class. If you're trying to work and you don't need it to be broken down on how, what, why, how, where is that coming from? Why am I dancing like this? That's an industry class yeah. or a performance class. So that also is, I, to me, the student. Like, do I know, I know I need to train. This person's really good at training. I've heard great things, you know. And for me, I might try the class once or twice. And that's for a teacher with no credits and a teacher with. Even the teachers with credits could be shitty teachers. Mm-hmm. Without, you might find the best ever, you know. So... I think it's just experience. Yeah. Try it out before you talk any shit or before you didn't, you know, you say what you say about teachers. I want to hear that you've taken it, that you've experienced it, and then you can talk about it. It's like a Yelp review. Mm-hmm. You go, you, you, you go, you sit there, you, you take in the atmosphere, you take in the experience, and then you write about it or you talk about it, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So maybe everybody, because everybody might like different things too. I always tell when I teach classes, I'm like, if you have any feedback, please let me know. That's I love that. Mm-hmm. But people, they, is there? I think they're ever like they're afraid to actually give sometimes real feedback. But you can tell, you can gauge that energy. You so can. And then I'm like, you love the class, let them know. Yeah, always. Yeah, that's for sure what you do. Um, I I find that students get scared. I think also again from experience of other teachers like pushing, uh, putting them down. Yeah. Even for asking questions, I find sometimes specific classes are, like, super quiet. Even when I go outside of L.A., like, to mm-hmm. studios. And I get you're, you're young and you're a little more insecure. Like, silence. And my teacher was the opposite. Love you, Liz. Um, <laughs> she wanted to know. She wanted us to ask questions. And I, I love that she taught us that because mm-hmm. I love asking questions, A, I also love a student that asks a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Of course... There are times where I'm like, you could have waited for that. 
You could have observed that and maybe figured that out on your own, but I do take, I, I appreciate the attention to detail and being honest with yourself that you may not have that. Yeah, so I, I enjoy that, but I, I also find that questions like that, they might have tried that before, and I've been in classes before where a teacher will get mad for a student for asking questions, which again, in my opinion, my opinion, my eyes just rolled, yeah, by the way. Yep, yeah, totally. If that happens, I would grab my bag so quick and pick it up and walk out that door and never take that class again. That is the job of a teacher to answer a question. That is the job of a student to ask the question. Mm-hmm. And if the teacher can't answer that, that's another thing. Get out. The only gray area with that, I would say I completely agree, mm-hmm. is if you know you're taking way out of your level... So respect that, almost take the classes an audit. Yes. Which I think is 100%. Yeah. I I've actually just kind of went through that as well. Mm-hmm. A student that is beginner, I could say. Mm-hmm. She probably, not that she couldn't pick up the choreography, but I think she could have done a few more beginner, foundational. I'm not even going to use the word beginner. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use the word foundation. Um, and she talked to me after, and she had said, you know, what is feedback? And I was like, you know... I think that you can pick up the choreography somewhat. It's not at all detrimental, but your your attention to detail and my stuff is a little more intricate at this level of a class. You know, you're you're missing the detail. And I she cut me out before I could say it, which I was kind of happy. She was like, Well, oh, okay, thank you. Cause most teachers tell me that, you know, I need to go back to a beginner class and that always makes me mad because I'm just trying to challenge myself. And I said, ah, ah, ah. I said, I take foundation classes as a teacher. Mm-hmm. I said, so that mentality is incorrect. You are not any lesser or greater of a dancer by taking a class advanced or beginner. I think that falls into the ego maybe, or like I want to hang out with the quote unquote cool kids Mm -hmm. or whatnot, you know? Exactly right, I agree. And I think sometimes the teacher does need to piss the student off maybe, take that, not for you, not for your paycheck, but like for the student and be like, I think you need to I think you need to go take a, a beginner class for a few months and come back. Some of them, probably majority won't like that answer. But at least somebody is giving them truth. And that's yeah. my opinion. I would rather give truth and take money from somebody who's not ready. Yeah, and also, you know, for adults there's generally less structure in studios. Mm-hmm. It's the nature of the beast and I remember before adult classes, you really had to get permission Oof. to go move up a level and it wasn't promised when you would move up that level as a kid. Oh my gosh. Yeah. As a kid, as a teen. Summer. I remember every summer, we would get a list, like an audition, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like for a play. And you would see if you moved up a level or not. Mm-hmm. You, that was never our choice. Which, I wish we could do that in adult years. Yeah. And that could go for teaching too. That could even go for working as a professional. Like, are you ready? Sure. Let's check. Like, we'll give you an evaluation, you know? Yeah. That's what I think is needed more, which I know is easier said than done again. Just such a broad spectrum out here to like check in are you ready okay but again there's so many more things at stake so many more political things or you know so and so communication I took um I started taking Seanette's class I haven't gotten to take the last couple weeks she's the best ever I love it and I go to the front of the class Mm because that's what I do to learn Mm -hmm. and I asked her after class if it was okay I should have asked her before but I asked her after class I was like is it okay because I also know different teachers have different Different, they like to have people around them or whatnot. For yeah. sure. For sure. So if anyone's listening at any level, you uh-huh. can still also see what the teacher likes. Yeah. I, I always think that's smart. And another thing going off of that, mm-hmm. I find it smarter 
to ask the teacher before class if mm-hmm. you want them to watch you. Like, do you have any notes for me? Mm-hmm. You know, in a class, you know, a normal class has, what, 15 to 20 people, and then maybe you're in the class with 60 to 70. You can't expect a teacher to necessarily pinpoint everything you need to work on or, like, get more in-depth. You know, you could always say, perform a little bit more. You know, hit things a little bit, like, Mm in-depth. So I find it's kind of almost not pointless, but you could have gotten a little more information if you would have said it prior. You know what I mean? it takes God. It does. Like, Like, hey, can you watch me during class and, like, give me some pointers at the end? That's not too much to ask? I don't think so. No? I think that's the right way. So then now you're on their radar. They are looking for you. Not that they're not looking at the whole class, but, like, they're looking because you asked them. Yeah. Instead of asking after when it's crazy and they're, everybody's saying thank you. And then you're like, is there anything I can work on? Yeah, work on your lines. That, you, know, like, you know what I mean? I don't know about you. I want my critique to be a little more personal. Like, I know I could always work on my lines. I could always work on that. My performance, I could always work on my levels. Or you know what I mean? And maybe that is what I need to work on. But, like, give me, I want more in-depth answers. Like, how so my levels? Is it my torso? Is it my, my legs? Do I need to plie more? Do I need to bend down more when you tell me to? Like, I, I like detail, and that's how I like to also give my students critiques. Like, I want to help them know how or why this needs to change or how they can fix it, you know? And again, not every teacher's like that, but, like, I just like to give too much information for my student. Me too. So. Wow. Yeah. Look at us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at us. Me too. What would you recommend for dancers and assistant choreographers who maybe are newer to town, maybe a little bit less connected, that want to work with high-level choreographers to get in there? Mm-hmm. That's really tough. I find it's very different even from when I moved out as far as the teachers, the choreographers that are working that are teaching. Mm-hmm. So very rare, I find right now. And not like, I mean, there are teachers who work, but... I would even say not even at the level to, like, book people. I'm not at that level yet to book people. You know what I mean? I can refer. Again, I go back to that word. I refer people, but I'm not the one who's making the choices yet. Again, do your research. Who is their assistant? Like, Cody Wiggins assists a lot of freaking people. So you probably want to get in his class so when that referral comes around, he has you to refer. You know, it's not even like you have to get straight to the source anymore. I find. So I, I hear that a lot too from my students. Like, oh, well, you know, Fatima doesn't teach and Nappy Tabs rarely teach and, you know, all these people don't teach. I'm like, yeah, but they have people that work under them. And they, the people that work under them help them create the decisions they're making. As far as, yeah, just like, hey, I'm looking for a blonde girl. Do you know of a blonde that would fit this salsa job I'm doing? Or I'm looking for a blonde that's really good in heels. Do you know of anybody? You know, so you got to kind of do research and see who is maybe the assistant, you know, or even if you're trying to be an assistant, take the assistant's class because maybe sometimes they can't assist. So then the person goes, well, do you know of anybody that's ready? A, B, be bold. And again, there's a line and I feel like your conscious knows that line. Most choreographers It is out of sight, out of mind. And again, there are hundreds of dancers out here. So if you don't make yourself available, they're not going to know. And they're not going to think sometimes. I've gone through that too, like after the matter, after the job is done. Oh shit, she would have been perfect for that. You know, like it's hard. So I find, this is my opinion, some might beg to differ. 
a message doesn't hurt. Hey, I'm really looking to work with you. Don't get too crazy. Don't get over the top. Don't schmooze too much. I say keep it straightforward. You know, you don't need to like hide it with, I want to take you to dinner. Maybe, maybe they'll be like, hey, let's go talk over coffee. I would love to talk over coffee to get your, you know, pick your brain a little bit. I would love to shadow you, even start there. Like maybe you don't even go straight in for the nitty gritty. Maybe it's like, I would love to come shadow you on a job. You know, just like an assistant, just like a, even an assistant creative director. Like I feel like as a dancer too, you do carnival, you do jeté or whatever, these, these free gigs to gain the experience, to gain the trust to get used to what happens. So I think shadowing is always an awesome word to use as far as to like kind of get on somebody's radar. Yeah, I think that's it. Just be, you can be bold. And again, being bold is not, saying things like that is not wrong. Again, it could be like, oh shit, I didn't even know you were trying to choreograph. Cool, I would love to have you in a session with me. Or like, I didn't even know you were trying to do that. You know, a lot of, that's what I feel a lot. And that's what I know a lot of people feel, even when I reach out to them, like, oh, I thought you were on a job right now. It could be something like that. Like, hey, I'm available. I'm just letting you know, like, if you have anything coming up that fits, I'm available this month as of now. So I would love to work with you guys if you have anything coming up. Okay, great to know. That has worked for me. Mm -hmm. So just, again, so many people out here, you don't need to be over the top. You don't need to be, have ulterior motives. Just be upfront. Keep it short and sweet. Hey, I'm, I'm not doing anything this month. If you need any help. I would love to help you. Cool. That's, like that's not harsh. That's not mean. That's just opening yourself up. That's making you open to another opportunity or another lane, you know? As someone who teaches heels and has done, like, sexy jobs, if I can rave. Oh, yeah. Where do you find that line between, like, sexy and too much as a dancer? Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe this will answer it, maybe not. Okay. These are all tough questions, yeah. also, for everyone listening. Yeah, because I... I don't know. I just know when I feel like a hoe and when I don't. (laughs) Yeah. So I like to, you know, of course in heels, that is kind of the point is like to express feminine sexuality, but there is obviously a way to do that with a class to it. Mm -hmm. I feel not like that's the trend right now to be... I, I, I don't know. Like, ratchet has become that? ratchet. I think has yeah, become really trendy. To an ex, like to an extreme. I think it has lost the real meaning of that. Even mm-hmm. though ratchet is that, I think it has gone beyond. I don't know. How do I say this without sounding crazy? Since I was two years old, I have always loved to wear heels and dance in heels. So I've always been weird. My mom was scared I was going to be a stripper, <laughs> um, which I mean, I mean, I am not, but you know, I dance in heels. <laughs> I've always kind of been in touch with my sexual side. Not like anything has happened to me like that as far as like some tragic energy. Yeah. It's just, I, some, for some reason have had that for a while. Even when I was younger, this is really messed up. My first solo was super freak Rick James. Yay! Please tell me why my mother, A, allowed me to do that song, why my teacher did, and why I chose that. How old are you? Probably eight or nine. I said, I'm doing Rick James Super Freak. That's weird. So I think I've always kind of been in touch with, like, being a sassy girl. Yeah. So... We're also the time of Britney Spears. But Britney Spears, was she quite out yet? She made no... Oh, maybe 10 or 11. But yeah, I just was weird. Like, I have pictures on my phone of, like, I was just showing my kids, Bob Kids, that's so funny that I was like, oh, I was a weirdo. Like, I would just put my mom's, like, dresses and crop tops and I'd walk around naked sometimes in heels. Well, that's kind of... 
I mean, it's That's whatever. A girl. But my mom was like, you've always been dancing in heels, Sarah. No surprises. <laughs> what you're doing. How you're branding yourself. I'm like, okay, whatever. I just think, again, it has to do if you're honest with yourself. If you look at a reflection of what you're portraying, you know if you're dancing like a hoe and if you're dancing with a woman, like a woman with class. And it's a character. I always revert back to that. Like That's what it could be. It's a character. I always think about Meryl Streep in Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. To me, that is a feminine, classy, yes, there's an attitude about her, but to me, that's her presence. Mm-hmm. And obviously, her in Devil Wears Prada, her presence is spot on. Like, bitch. Like, I am so elegant, yet I am going to cut your throat at the same time. Or I think of like, and this is kind of, I guess, where the, not even the hoe, but like, I like Regina George from Mean Girls. That is sometimes my character that I play. So I like to be a little more, I think my heel character is more prissy than Mm hoey. I think there's a difference there. So I like to be a little more like chin up, elegant or regal. Mm -hmm. That's my, my style of, I guess, heels. I don't know if that answered your question but at it all. does it's the feeling of it's the feeling you have inside it's how you yeah. feel seriously because yes. you feel demeaned it's gonna it's a whole different type of dancing and then when you said character that really hit for me because I've been booked for sexy jobs that were very similar before for music videos mm-hmm. and when it was for a male artist usually like it's it's not really a character yeah it's it, like not. it is but it's not yeah. because it's like it's a different type of pleasure they get from seeing you. Yeah. And when, well, I've danced for a female artist before and felt hoish. It's the, int- I don't know. But then that's what she's trying to portray to the male audience. That's true. Audience. But then, like, if mm-hmm. I sometimes, like, jump into class or as I've gotten older when it's, like, a character that I, mm-hmm. a true character, mm-hmm. it's so fun. Mm-hmm. And I, but even for me, too, I, I can go into a class where maybe it's not the type of choreography I maybe not even feel comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. But I'll switch it. I'll do the move, but I'll change the the demeanor behind it, I guess. So to me, it does fall upon the character you are presenting. I think that is the main thought. It should be the priority in any type of style of movement. You know, if you're taking Luther Brown's hip-hop class, of course your demeanor is going to be a little more raw or different mm-hmm. over uh, who, like... Kevin Maher or mm-hmm. something like that. Like, and he is very versatile as far as the characters that he can portray in his classes. But to me, that can change the whole story, even from the choreographer. You know, And sometimes we like the dancers that look totally different than the choreographer when they do it. Like the decisions they make. That's the word, decisions. It's the way you decide to, to execute. I got another level of it. Okay. I had an acting teacher who said there's a difference between getting on stage, let's say you're giving a very sad monologue or scene, there's a difference between being true to the character and being in the scene and having therapy happen. Yeah, for sure. So I think the same with dancing. Mm-hmm. It's that line of fiction or reality. It's, it's like both. It's like a nice stew of both to me. Like, I'm playing a character... But maybe I'm also trying, maybe I'm trying to create a reality that hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm always weird. Like if you take my class, you know, I always give really crazy analogies. Analogies. Okay. I give the weirdest analogies sometimes. Like you guys, like in my heels class, like, this is a, and it's a feminine, sexy class. I did like this neck break and I was like, yeah, ma- imagine you're at the chiropractor. <laughs> like that is not hot, you know, but like sometimes referring to real life in certain things like I'm, I'm contracting here like somebody stabbed me in the gut and like it hurt really bad or like I'm barfing you know like things like that like the weirdest analogies sometimes are what you need to think about 
even if it doesn't have to do with that, just to make it look better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm always thinking, every time I do a dance move, there has to be an analogy behind it. Or else it just turns into a dance move, right? Yeah, I like it's that. Boring. I like that approach. Mm-hmm. You are fit as shit. Uh, What's your... I hate this question because everybody hates me when I answer it. Is it genetics? Is that what your answer is going to well, be? Well, the, the answer is, I came out here, and if you knew me about, I'd say, four or five years ago, I was probably... 25 to 30 pounds heavier. So I was pretty thick. I was never overweight. I was thicker. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to a holistic healer or holistic chiropractor, I guess. And he had told me I was lactose intolerant, which I found. And I thought he was crazy at first. I'm not even going to lie. When I first went to this guy, I was like, I don't know why I just spent my money on this guy. He's not even touching my body. He just knew. So a holistic healer, what they kind of do is they base it off of heat, your body that ignites heat. So I went in because my ankle and my knee kept popping out of place. Basically, they were dislocating. Oh, and wow. I was so unsure as to why. Um, Shonique and Lisette were like my, my mentors, my, my best friends, my mothers of the industry out here. They like taught me everything I know. Love you guys. Um, they gave this guy to me. And they're like, he changes lives. Like he's expensive, but I promise you he's going to change your life. Now, at this time in my dance career, I was not popping. Let's just say that. I was very in the lack of funds. We'll just say that. So this rate, I was like, okay, that's going to be like, that's like my gas money all week. So I'm going to do it. I was like, I'm going to do it though. I went to this guy. I'm sitting in there. And for the first 15 minutes, didn't lay a hand on me. He just hovered his hands over my body. I'm pissed. I'm pissed instantly. <laughs> I was like, I just spent this money. This guy's not even touching me. This is a bunch of crap. Like, I'm pissed. He turns me over and he goes, yeah, you're lactose. I didn't even go to him for that. I went for my knee and my ankle, A. B, before I, when I went in there too, he already pissed me off because he was like, don't tell me what's wrong with you. I'm going to figure it out. So he like cut me off before I could tell him. And I was like, I love this guy. I was like, whatever. So I lay down. So I'm already having like, he's not going to figure it out. He's not going to figure it out. Then he's not touching me. I'm like, oh, F this. I'm done. I don't like this. This is bad. Like, I just spent my money for no reason. He turns me around. He goes, yeah, you're lactose. I was like, I didn't come here for that. (laughs) He was like, you did. And I was like, okay, that shut me up a little bit. He goes, see here, your body holds dairy in your intestines, which creates little deposits of dairy that can't digest. And they're all sitting on your left side of your intestine, which is stretching all your muscles which is getting into your hip, which is tightening your knee, which is tightening your thigh, or your ankle, sorry. He said, if you cut out dairy, A, he's like, you have an area problem in your, in your stomach. He's like, you have a little pudge area you can't get rid of. That's always been my problem. I think it's for most females, that little lower ab pudge. He's like, you got a problem there? I was like, yeah. He's like, do you sometimes wake up with like horrible stomach pains? I was like, yeah. He was like, okay, watch that. Cut out dairy for a month, you'll lose 11 pounds. I lost 12, just from cutting out dairy. So, um, recently, I eat whatever I want. I don't know what it is. It, like, it was weird. You're also there was, very active. But. Kind of, but as a chore- I'm, I'm mainly choreographing right now. I'm on a you know, Monday through Friday job, and then on the weekends, I'm too tired to do anything. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not really moving right now. Mm-hmm. I'm more like you know, telling them what to do. I'll do the step. Maybe I'm not breaking a sweat. I'll just say that. And I'm eating whatever I want right now. There was a point where I focused really hard on getting my body right, but that was probably like two years ago. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I drink a lot of water. That's kind of my focus this year. I usually don't. I'm trying to drink more. So that could be a change. I do eat... I try to eat as organic when I have the option. I will mm-hmm. choose to eat organic. And that doesn't even mean I'm not having chocolate chip cookies. I'm going to have organic I chocolate chip cookies. I have chocolate yeah. every day. Yeah. So I don't cut anything out. Yeah, sometimes I'll make better choices. But I don't really deprive myself of anything. I'll just say that. I love my coffee with my sugar. You know, my vanilla latte or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love bread. I love meat. You know, I just, I just have to... Um, I was actually told something... That I that this might be it. Uh, Brooke Lipton, she's a choreographer too. She said, "You don't need to cut out food; you need to add food." And I was like, "What does that mean?" Like, I'm usually told I need to starve myself to like be skinny. She's like, "No, add food." She's like, "If you're gonna have a burger, have a salad instead with it." That's like, how I eat. Yeah, yep. That's if, how. If I I'm eat. gonna eat a burger, I'm gonna get a side salad, so I'm at least getting some type of uh, nutritional value. So I always that's maybe it. I always try to have one thing that is going to benefit me. And then I think, too, when I, I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. I don't think about my weight anymore, as silly as that is. And yeah. I think when you don't put the pressure, my body's not reacting to what I... Sometimes I feel like our brains do opposite of what we think, because maybe we're actually thinking... It's coming from a place of fear. Yes. So when I'm like, I need to be skinny, I need to be skinny, and I'm not losing weight, that's usually why. Because mm-hmm. I'm probably thinking about it too much. But when I don't think about it, it's usually when I shed more weight. But, I understand. Mm-hmm. It seems like you have a balanced, healthy life, though. Yeah. I thought that, like, puberty is done at 18, and that's it. But it's, like, you're just figuring out your body. You're going through so much. And when I started addressing health, very, very slowly my body started going to a different place. Yeah. And I think, you know, I start to remember what I feel better. Like, Mm -hmm. when I eat something, I know I don't feel good. Again, like cheese. Like, I'll still have it once in a while, Mm -hmm. but I know the consequences. That's crazy, though. Yeah. For, like, that much... It was crazy. And I try, I mean, again, like I said, I, I love, this is unfortunate. I'm obsessed with goat cheese, but I found out goat cheese is not the same lactose as a, as a cow. Mm-hmm. And most people are only to cow mm-hmm. milk. So that was kind of like the biggest hallelujah for me. I can eat all the goat cheese in my life because I love it. But yeah, I mean, and again, sometimes I'll eat it, but I think too, I don't, I don't get mad at myself when I eat something yeah. bad. I tell myself, you deserve this girl. Yeah. Eat it. Like you're going to be fine. Just change it up. You know? Yeah, my main thing is research. That's my new uh, knowledge I'm trying to share with, especially the new up-and-coming Your teachers, your choreographers, your dance staff. Everybody. Everybody needs to research a little bit more, including myself. I'm talking to myself. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's that would be it. Again, like, don't compare. It's really hard. You have mm. to catch yourself every day. But, like, there are so many times where I was like, this is not going to happen for me. Like right before I would say my breaking point mm-hmm. in my career, I was asked my roommates. I was like, I think I'm going to go home. And not like I was going to stop dancing, but I was just going to go teach. I have, you know, I could definitely teach at a lot of studios at home. And to me, I don't find, I used to, and I think a lot of people do. I don't find it a failure to leave here. This is only one place. And to be honest, the more I travel even in the United States, and I go to little towns, I see where more knowledge is needed everywhere. And there, you know, it's LA is a very spoiled place with the the versatile styles, the training, you know, mm-hmm. of where it is good. There's no other place besides New York, maybe, you know, like this place. So I find it is so important to spread it faster. Because I also find in a lot of small towns 
people don't even know this is an option for them. Like I've come across some stars, like in little Ho-Dunk, Iowa, maybe, or Kansas. You know what I mean? And they have been tro- told that that can't happen, which is so not true, you know. And I come from a small town myself. And people looked at me. I know they looked at me crazy, and they probably thought my parents were taking crazy pills as well the fact that they were investing so much time and money into this craft and I'm so grateful of course that they they believed it they believed that I could do something with it because in my town either you get married and you start having kids instantly or you go to college and that is it and not again that's all if that is your purpose I love it Mm -hmm. I that is not my purpose so I did know people too that I even danced with whose parents were like no this is your hobby just while you're in school, this is to keep you, you know, focused and to keep mm-hmm. you busy. And these people, if they would have came out here or, like, took it further, I think they could have done such good things. You know, maybe it wasn't their journey. Maybe they didn't love it, and that's okay, too. But some of them I do feel like they were kind of forced to not do this because it's, you know, the parents are like, it's not consistent. It's it's whatever. And I get that fear from a parent, too. Like, you want your kid to feel safe, but let them do what they love. You know, don't force them to do that. Um, so I was grateful. I, I'm extremely appreciative and grateful my parents were like, you can go do that. Go do that. We support you. My whole family supports me. Um, again, I, I know I'm now hearing more as I'm older that, you know, how many people went up to them and were like, I can't believe you're letting your child move to L.A. at 18. You know, because mm-hmm. I did. And mm-hmm. I knew it since I was four. Like, I'm so weird. I was like, <laughs> I'm moving to L.A. No, I just was, I'm going to be a dancer. Oh, that's so cute. Like, oh, how cute she wants to be a dancer. And I was like, okay. You were in your heels. No clothes At four. On. At four. I knew it. I said, I'm going to be a dancer. And people were like, okay, that's a cute dream. No, it ain't a dream. I'm doing it. You know, and I'm, I'm just happy that my parents didn't see it as like a little kid, you know, just saying a fantasy out there. Like, no, she can, I think she can do it. So, yeah, I'm grateful for them. I think that's a huge help. But, yeah, I say just just do it. Do whatever you want. Yes, it's your life. It is your life. I had a moment with my mom. I can't believe I'm saying Mm -hmm. this with my mom last night. Mm -hmm. And she was like, because things, you know, go in waves. And I've I've been in one part of the wave a little bit lately. And she's like, honey, are you sure things are working out? Oh, I've gotten that talk. And I was like, I was in tears for a moment. Uh I was just feeling so sensitive about everything. (laughs) And when she asked me that... Tears went away. I was yeah. like, I'm in my purpose. Yeah. I'm in my purpose and I know this. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. And she's, you know, I'm sure she loves you no, more she's so than supportive. anything. So she's, she's so supportive. just, she's just hitting you here. And my mom had that conversation multiple times too, mm-hmm. because again, I confide in my mother. Yeah. Um, I call her with everything that happens to me, good, bad, ugly. Maybe I'm not even happy to share with her. You know what I mean? Like any, I just tell her everything. I call her when I'm sad. And I know that especially parents you know being far away yeah that is hard for them to hear their child crying sad miserable and again this industry at least you know my my journey has come with a lot of uh letdowns yeah so you know not saying they ever didn't believe in me but I think and my mother said it too she's like it is just really hard for me like she would get pissed at just the the life it is yeah it's really hard for me to hear you so upset all the time and again there was a point where I was depressed about it you know Mm -hmm. Where I was like, this is not going to happen. And I, you know, you almost go into like, was, am I stupid? Am I delusional? Am I not good? Am I not meant to do this? Did I create this purpose myself? Is this my flesh purpose and not my actual, like, 
universal God-given purpose? Like, did I just block it out? Am I so, like, just all the questions, you know? And so she was like, I just hate hearing you like this. Are you sure this is what you want? And even through bawling to her and sobbing, I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, I do. Like, I do want to do this, but I hate it right now, you know? So there, I think that is, I think that is just a parent being a parent. Yeah, and it's actually a great question mm-hmm. to be asked because okay. then you get to answer it fully for you. Yeah. And you get to hear it. Sometimes I think it's different to, I sometimes feel very different about things that I have infested inside and not said. Mm. And then I hear it out loud and I'm like, either, whoa, that sounds crazy or like, whoa, that it just opens a whole nother door or relief something. So I think it's really important to get asked that question. And I've never worked a nine to five. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm talking That's about awesome. the like from, I've worked tons of side jobs but I've never worked a 9 to 5 and so it's also coming from my mom is now hearing for like a decade like this month was great this month was low this like that month I'm changing inconsistent yeah but I also know it all and what you spoke to is um planting seeds and then growing so i.e. the relationships where you get referred yeah and I actually want to ask you real quick Mm -hmm. you know we've talked about a lot of like the letdowns and the tougher Mm -hmm. moments and I know it's been a great year and a half not to put Mm -hmm. that down Mm -hmm. but in addition to that what's a moment where you felt like you had arrived or you were like oh this is worth it Uh, ah, at last they can see what I can do there's one moment I will never forget the feeling I have felt and it was uh when I auditioned for Jennifer Hudson I'm just telling the story I'm not I'm not tooting my own I'm just saying what happened so yes my friend Dacia James was the choreographer Mm -hmm. but she was like yeah I think you should come and I was actually home and visiting my family and it cut my trip four days short but my family too which was hard you know and it was like pretty recent to when I had just moved out so I was still really and I still am very attached to my family but like being away from home is was hard and you know even cutting a trip short was really emotional for me yeah and she Dacia called me and she was like you need to come and I was bawling and I was sad my parents were like go she's telling you to go go and then of course the fear of like what if I don't get it and I just my parents just wait till this money on this extra plane ticket you know I went made it to the end and I'm not um I need to work on this. This is what I, I'm not a freestyler. I wish I could be. Again, I just said, did you catch that? Yeah. I said that. I'm not. I'm working on it. We're going to session. We're going to yeah. session. I need Sienna. to do that. We're going to So session. I need to stop saying I'm not a freestyler. I need to work on my freestyle, I think is what I need to say. So in my head, <laughs> I was like, so there was, a, uh, there was like a contemporary moment. And then the people out there, like eight of us left and they were choosing four. And so the very last thing we did and Jennifer was in the room. We had to do a contemporary freestyle. And I it, like the moment came where my stomach started to feel like it was going to explode, you know, or was so tight cuz I was so nervous. And I was like, "You know what? No, it's fine." And I that was the actually probably the only moment in a freestyle where I don't remember it. I left. Mm-hmm. I left the earth. I came back. Jennifer was crying. Dacia was crying, and I booked the job. That was my first tour that I ever booked Mm -hmm. so that is the most probably the most like no I mean I guess you could say fight because that was a fight within my own brain of like shut up just do it and I did it and I left to euphoria and then I came back and I and everybody was standing up and they were crying and I was like oh I did it I freestyled just now and I okay cool so that was a moment to me where I've really felt like I was able to let go and just let my my purpose do its course. I was last year, even though the past you know, year and a half was great, I had a pretty large, uh, it's not anymore, but of course at the time it was probably the most 
detrimental letdown of my career to date, and I was let go of JLo. I was on the JLo job in Vegas. I'll just everybody. Knows. Thank you for being yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, I was let go for JLo, and I was you know told for budget, and you know even if it is budget, which it was. Um, you're as a human. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm horrible. I'm a bad dancer. Of course, it's coming back to like, why me? You know what I mean? Like, why was I the one girl? You know, whatever. I get that happens to everybody out here. We all get released, whatever. But that was like, for me, I was like, I am dancing for Jennifer Lopez. Like, yeah. that is my, that was my goal. Like, that is an artist for me. Like, I, I've done that. I can now say that I've done what I needed to do. You know what I mean? For the most part. I still want to be in a commercial, but that's basically it. But, um, so that was like the hardest one for me. That was mm-hmm. the hardest. It was also humiliating. I felt humiliated because, you know, I worked really hard. And for me, that was my, was that was my nice. victory job. That was my job where I, not even like, I don't even, cause I've done a lot of work where I'm so proud of, but mm-hmm. for me, that was like, everybody was like, I'm so proud of you. Like you kept fighting and now you're here. And then, you know, I, I had that moment and then I was slammed right back down to, to zero or, you know, not to zero. It was definitely a learning process or whatever I need to get out of it, you know? So that was really hard for me. I think that was the hardest I've ever. Dancers don't usually talk about when that happened. So then there's this idea that it doesn't happen and it was just all berries and cherries and (laughs) yeah. And I'm just not, and I'm not going to, I can't lie. Like nothing detrimental happened. I just, I didn't even know. And I got a call and they're like, yo, budget and we got to let you go. And I was like, I was like, wow, wow. And then for me again, I was like, okay. So the way that it had been going again, for me as a dancer, for me as an assistant, that was cool. But I had always focused on being a dancer, even while this life was happening for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to be on stage. I still love to perform. Like that is my number one. I love performing. It is again. I, I feel like that is where I exude my aura color. I'm getting weird. Sorry. But no, that's I what love I do. weird. Yeah. Please. Sorry, that's me. Don't but, apologize. <laughs> be weird. But that's like. And aura color is live. a thing. Yeah. Ours it is. is our, for sure. Ours is. Ours is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So I, like, that's what I wanted to do. And then I was, I got that. That happened. And I was like, yo, maybe I'm not supposed to dance. And it wasn't even like a, a negative, but mm-hmm. that for me was like, I was sad about that, but I was not sad about what the universe was giving to me. Mm. I was like, Hmm, this hap- this seems to happen. Not at that extent, but I, there's always something interesting when, when I am in the dancer hat and I was like, okay, I got to take this. And like, after I, you know, sobbed for days after I, you know, questioned myself, I questioned what I was doing. I was like, no, look at this, the series of events here. This keeps happening, not even in a negative way. Maybe you're not supposed to dance. Two days later, I get a call to be assistant choreographer for Selena Gomez tour. That's so cool. So that was my testimony as far as like, you have to, I don't want to say, well, kind of expect that shit is going to go down out here. It's going to, and maybe not to that extent, and maybe it won't. But I say like, just know that there is a bigger always a bigger purpose as to why this is happening and it might take years to see it might take two days to see it might take a minute you know Mm -hmm. so I say just know that anything like that that happens it's to better you and anytime I think about where stuff like that has happened to me I now look at it and I'm like thank you god that didn't happen because either it didn't happen or it turned into something crazy or like something better came along you know so I just say again easier said than done all this is but like just know that 
nothing happens for you to be miserable. That's what I think. Yeah. Damn. Nothing. Nothing in this world happens for you. The universe, whatever you believe, Buddha, God, uh, whatever, Jesus. I think that everything happens to make you better, stronger. Um, that's what I think. So feel your emotions, cry, be sad, but just know that as it hurts now, you will see why eventually. Eventually you will see it. You might even forget about it. Maybe that, you know what I mean? It's like, so for me, that was the, the and of course we always have moments of that. Like, oh, that's why I'm not dating that guy anymore. That's why I don't live there anymore. That's why I don't drive that car, whatever it is. Like, there's always a reason. But that for me was like the icing on the cake of like, okay, I have to trust way more. You got whatever your idea for me is, you got it. You, as in universe or whatever. You know what it is. I just have to trust that with every beating, with every letdown, with every whatever, there is going to be a reason for that, for better. And you can look back and be like, ah. And you almost laugh, right? Like when stuff like that happens, even like little things, like, oh, he's mad at me. Or like, you know, something like that and he's not. You're almost like, okay, joke's on me. You know what I mean? And it is always on you a little bit or on the story that we create in our heads. So I say just like, no. It's all for better. Yeah. That'll be my, my last statement. It's a hundred years from now and you're it's chilling. It's a hundred. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're chilling on a cloud. Okay. Looking yeah. back at life. Uh-huh. What would you like to be remembered for at that point in the dance community? Hmm. I would like to be known as a hard worker. A pleasure to work with. I think that's a big one. And not even because I don't know. Yeah, I just want to be a pleasure to yeah. work with. And I want to I want to be remembered for helping change people for the better in this industry. Mm. I think that's it. I love it. Mm-hmm. How can people follow you? Find uh, you on oh, yeah. social media? Uh, everything is at Sienna Lyons One. S-I-E-N-N-A-L-Y-O-N-S One. And we'll have it in the blurb. Cool. And, oh, and stretch and strengthen at Movement Lifestyle Mm -hmm. every Wednesday, 1230. Either Sienna or myself will be teaching. Yeah, be there. Every dancer Um, should, really. (laughs) It's such a blast and an honor that I get to teach. I love it, too. I love it. I'm really grateful. Take it. I want to thank you, acknowledge you for coming here, for everything that it took, for being like, we got all the time in the world and um, for being so open and so easy to connect with. For sure. That's which is, I mean, it means the world. And it, at least my experience in the dance community, it takes something sometimes to make the connection mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. And I actually get so shy. Of so course. when there's someone as warm and open, as incredible as yourself, to me, I'm like, oh, it's all good. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And I feel like, like you said, like sometimes social media, especially, it's a controlled substance. Mm-hmm. So... We see this life and it's like, oh, that's so awesome. And it is. It's, you know, there are, but there is another side. And I feel like it is, I don't say it to, uh, to, you know, make you feel like it's not possible. I say it to, it's going to happen, you know, like as far as the good will happen. But it's going to be a journey. It's not all going to be berries and sunshine the whole time, you know. Life so is I just not have like to that. share. I, I feel like it's my duty. 
I think that's why these things happen is to share. And also, it's, it makes it more human. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure there are people that are listening right now that this is going to help get them through something mm-hmm. or they are going to get closure mm-hmm. on I something so. that's happened for them. Yeah. And you also are clearly such, you are a hard worker and you take this craft and this um, industry and this art so seriously and it gives so much integrity to what it is. So that gives me a lot of hope for the future. Yes. And I, I think you're an excellent it. example. I try to do everything with a uh, clear conscience. I don't want to have to go to bed and not sleep at night for anything that I did. You know, I want to be able to go to bed at night and be like, yeah, you worked hard today, girl. Sleep. Sleep well. You did it well and you did it honest and truthfully, you know? Yeah. So that's what I try to because it's never fun to have those, you know, ghosts in your closet. I don't like to live like that. So. Mm-hmm. Just try to be, try to be honest and truthful and give love, you know? Thank you. Peace out. Peace. Speak. Subscribe. Subscribe. (laughs) Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to our Dance Speak podcast. For inquiries, suggestions, comments on your favorite guests, or who you'd like to see on the show, please email us at dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-A-N-C-E-S-P-E-A-K-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And check back in next week for our latest interview. Thank you so much.